0: Welcome in, everybody. This is Rob Anthony, and you are listening to The Rap. Uh, I wanted to take uh, some time to break down the Chris Rock uh, comedy special Selective Outrage that was filmed live in Baltimore um, and done on Netflix. Uh, this was a unique. Uh, set up here as this was done live. It was, I believe it's one of the first live events that Netflix has ever done. Certainly the first ever live comedy special, um, that, uh, Netflix had ever done. Uh, we're talking about a global audience, um, on a Saturday night. That's a very bold, uh, step to take, but I imagine with the way this went, that people are still talking about it, uh, as I'm recording this a week later, um, this is going to be something that we will see again. This is a, It also had a unique setup in that there was a pre and post show. Uh, Ronnie Chung or Ronnie Chang was uh, the host of the pre-show. The pre-show was actually, I believe, at the Comedy Store in L.A. while the show was actually in Baltimore. So they were on both two coasts. Dana Carvey was there. David Spade was there. J.B. Smooth was there. Uh, Leslie Jones, I think, did a short comedy set uh, rolling right in and actually did the introduction of Chris Rock from L.A. Um, sort of. I think there was a person in the theater that introduced them. But Leslie Jones introduced the special, essentially. You know, that like the pre-show went off and then they went to the inn, you know, the little, the red to doom. And then they did like a little one minute long little montage of him walking around and and then a lady was like, Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Rock and then he walks out. Um So, now let's really break down the special. Um and there are a lot of people who just say, Hey, I don't like Chris Rock. I never thought he was funny, or I didn't like him, or he's just not my cup of tea. That's always been the case. Before the Will Smith smack. Um, So, and some people say, oh, he deserved to get smacked or whatever. Or he's going to get smacked again. They said that after the special. I'm not worried about the people that just strongly dislike him or don't think he's funny or hold, you know, this thing over his head because of what he did in that talking funny special on HBO where him and Louis C.K. were, you know, banding about the inward that is something awkward that is something he's got to, you know answer for but um, anybody who's got feelings over that this is probably not for you this is for people that love stand-up comedy these are people who even if you don't love chris rock but or at least neutral or at least watched it with an open mind right that's who this is for um, or just love the art of stand-up. All right, so this is what that breakdown is about. Um, selective Outrage was the title of this uh, special, and he talked about Lululemon, and he talked about different stores being really woke. Um, That seems to be a word that used to be something positive in the black community, like being woke meant... That you were aware, that you were aware of, you know, bad housing practices, that you were aware of Jim Crow, that you were aware of police brutality going back, you know, 50, 60, you know, all the way through time, that you were aware of, you know, how drugs flooded our communities, that you were aware of mass incarceration. You're aware of the system and how it works Or maybe the system not being broken And it's operating the way it's supposed to operate Those are all things we think of When we think of being woke Um And we think of that as being a good thing, right? Generally and then there's kind of the backlash Against black people becoming woke That One, that has been co-opted by others Um and people on the right or old folks are like oh man now that everybody is quote unquote woke we can't get away with what we got away with before we can't call gay people faggots you can't call you know little people midgets you can't um, say disrespectful things about women or harass them and you know that go unchecked um, some of the bad policies of the past People are aware of now. They're not going to let you make the same, you know, bad policies move forward in the future where people are hip to the bullshit. Um, Now, Chris Rock basically said, hey, I'm I'm I am happy for activists. I want people to fight the power and speak truth to power. But everything we don't we don't have to let this thing take over our lives. There are certain things that we don't need to be victims about. And he talked about white men claiming to be victims. I thought that was a really interesting take. And it was like, you are protesting a government that you run. Um, I, that's a really interesting point. I didn't even really think about that. I know there's differences between, you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, of course, politically, the but it's like it, the the country went from the hands of one old ass white man to another, so it's like you're still in power. Like, relax. Um, that's actually a a really interesting point because a lot of people have noticed that yeah, white men are acting like they're losing the country, that they're becoming, you know. Uh, not as powerful as they once were, and that they know that in 20 years or so they will not be the majority anymore, that they will lose some political power. That's why you see, you know, voting uh, rights being on the table, and all these different voting laws and abortion laws trying to manipulate the population uh, so that they can maintain a white majority. Uh, an interesting critique of this comedy show was that that Chris Rock um, panders the white people, which doesn't, to me, make sense. This is the guy that says white men aren't victims. This is the guy um, that said the royal family are the Sugar Hill Gang of Racism. This was the guy that says, I'm not afraid of Al Qaeda. I'm afraid of Al cracker. That's who I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Osama bin Laden. I'm worried about my white next door neighbor. Um, that's the guy that they said appeals to white people. Uh, now, do white folks go to his shows and eat it up and like it? Maybe, maybe. And I think when you are on SNL, that is kind of a fringe benefit or kind of part of the deal. I went to see Leslie Jones live and there were a lot of white people there. She didn't do any comedy that was, you know, what you would call like she was pandering to white people. But the lens of which most people know her from is from SNL. And who watches SNL? Probably in large part white folks. So, you know, by way of him starting on SNL and being good friends with Adam Sandler and Spade and Carvey uh, and a lot of those guys. Um, he is carved out a white audience, but it's not because of his content. His content is, to me, very black and very revolutionary and very. Racially tinged where Kevin Hart might not touch that where Dion Cole might not touch that where Bernie Mac might when he was alive might not have touched that Steve Harvey probably not really touching that Um, he goes where most comedians won't go and you know and it will say the C word right there on stage over and over again and he dropped it um, in this special when he was talking about his daughter's. Um, He was talking about his daughter getting in trouble at school where he essentially asked the school to suspend his daughter or kick his daughter out. And he asked for it, but he like pretended that he didn't know. And then she finds out and he was like, oh, baby, I told you them. crackers. they don't hate you. You know, they don't care about you, blah, blah, blah. And I hope me saying the C-word doesn't offend people. I'm just saying it in context of the show. I don't call people crackers in real life. Um, So, sorry to my white friends that may be listening to this. I don't, you know, cast any aspersions or anything. But um, we're just using the word because it was used in the special. Um, Another critique of this show... Was that he sounded like an angry old man Um, I have an issue with that Because to me Most comedians The voice of of a comedian Particularly a male comedian Is always To me standard The voice of an old man An angry old man Things used to be this way And now they're this way So I am mad As a kid I had it this way And now these kids got it this way So now I am mad I'm mad that these kids are so soft. I'm mad that we're so woke that I can't say anything. Um, I'm mad that it used to be this way, and now y'all got it so easy with all this technology. That is just the voice. Um, we hear Dave Chappelle say it, you know, it's hard for me to be in this field because you're so whiny and you're always complaining and you're offended by everything. Um we hear that, you know, Bernie Mac kind of had a grubby old man persona. And he kind of yelled at the audience a little bit uh, in his sets. Um, Rodney Dangerfield was, oh, yeah, I get no respect. That was always his thing. Take my wife, please. There was always kind of a, it was an angry old man, but it was, you know, kind of in a jokey way. Um George Carlin which he was angry for political reasons about what the government is doing and what they're selling to you or what they're saying to you and what they should be doing um, and he talked about censorship. he was very like political and socially conscious uh, was George Carlin. but he was an old guy and by the you know by the time he got close to his death, he was a very kind of an angry old man. It wasn't even like funny anymore. He was just angry. Um, I don't think Chris Rock has gone that far off the deep end. I think he is the typical comedian in that voice. To, and to me, that's the humor. That is the humor. You could you could do this. You could do it one way or the other. You could be the young guy yelling at the old guy, saying, "Okay, boomer." Right, you could you could point it that way, like get your old ass out of here. You know, you could be Eddie Murphy to Bill Cosby, like fuck out of here, because yeah, you know, I Bill used to give Eddie Murphy a hard time because he cursed, and his kid went to go see a show, and he was like, oh, flipping, and flarking, and flicking, and flicker floosh. Then this man said, and he kind of berated Eddie Murphy and didn't like, you know this new age comedian taking comedy in a different way than he, that he works. So blue, that's a word that they use in the business blue. That's when you curse a lot and when you're dirty and you're profane, you're profound. Um, Bill Cosby didn't like that. So he was the angry old man down towards Eddie and Eddie. I don't know that he necessarily projected the anger so much on stage, but he did kind of, you know, was the young guy spitting back out at the, you know, uh, established generation. Because Rodney Dangerfield also told him, hey, you know, you cussing so much on stage, what are you what are you doing? You know, how are you gonna get on TV? And then Eddie Murphy makes it, he sees him in the bathroom, and Rodney just was like, oh, well, yeah, who knew? Who knew that this shit was gonna work? And it did. But anyway, my point is that the angry old man is the voice of the comedian and it should be telling us about ourselves, telling us how society has gone downhill or it's the young comedian going the other way. Like you, you fuck this up or it's a new age. There's a new sheriff in town. Shit has changed. So it's kind of one way or the other. And I'm okay with either way. Honestly, um, Another very interesting uh part to the special was um he talked about neighborhoods. About if a woman is or or women, if they are working during or not working, excuse me, if they are not working during the day and they're going to the gym, they're come they're they're doing their Lululemon thing, they're pushing baby carriages around, they're going to Starbucks, um and whatnot generally that neighborhood full of um stay-at-home moms if that's a good neighborhood because the men are taking care of their families and the women are home taking care of home right the men are bringing home the bacon and and the women are holding it down and when he flipped it and said hey when men aren't working and they're lifting weights or hanging out in front of a liquor store or driving around in their girlfriend's car, or whatever, that's generally a bad neighborhood. So it was, so Jason Whitlock, who is a conservative, um, presenter, we'll just call him that conservative, you know, sports writer, sports, you know, influencer. He's got a show that comes on the blaze. That's, uh, Glenn Beck's, um, channel there it's a lot of conservative voices he said that Chris Rock in that instance was affirming uh, patriarchy that when patriarchy is set in place when it's the man making the bacon and the woman staying home that makes for a good solid safe neighborhood and when a man when things are thrown out of whack and it's the man that's not working that's not taking care of business and the mother is the head or the girlfriend is the head or the wife is the head. um, That's when the neighborhood is in, you know, not in great shape. Um, It's a good argument. If you want to argue about that or or the merits of that or not, you know, we can at me, you you can hit me in the comments or at me um, and we can figure that out. But I thought that was an interesting argument nonetheless. So and then, of course, there's the, you know, the part about Will and Jada. And I didn't really want to focus that heavy on that part because I think we that that argument has been had already. Um, And I didn't necessarily love that he called Jada a B word. I didn't. Um, But he talked about Jada basically interviewing him about her entanglement with. August and saying that, Hey, that's way more embarrassing than what happened with us or me talking about y'all. Some people quibbled with the fact that he said, Hey, I didn't hit him back because my parents taught me not to hit, you know, fight in front of white people. Now, I don't know if he meant that in a joking way. I don't know if they really told him that, but I've heard that that was really a thing. There was a point in time where black people felt like in order to keep our dignity, in order to prove ourselves, in order to move up in society, that you had to impress white people. That was an actual thought, a line of thinking. Uh, I don't know if you remember Bill Cosby going out and doing what they call the pound cake speech. Oh, you pick your pants up and you talk like this and you talk like that. Speak the king's English. It's respectability politics. Um, we thought, oh, if you wear a suit and if you go to a certain school and if you speak a certain way, that would protect you from police violence. It would protect you from racism. Or you'd make enough money. Or you know, once you have enough money, you're in the club. This is kind of Kanye's thinking when he was like, "Well, I'm a billionaire. And because I'm a billionaire, I will have access to power." And I'll be just like a white guy. My money will give me access to everything that white guys have power um, or, or whatever else that I want. Um, so. I, I don't think that line of thinking is that unique. What he said. All right. So that's kind of my breakdown. Um, even if you didn't like it, I think it caused waves. It got it got conversation going um anytime you drop a special on netflix and the you know um the view is talking about it on that monday i did not listen to what whoopi and the ladies talk you know said on the view um but just the fact that they brought it up just the fact that they talked about it at all to me is very interesting that means you made waves That means people cared about what you had to say, moved people one way or the other. And to me, as a comedian, um, that's the idea. Call in some conversation, um, get people to move off their spot a little bit, make people feel a little bit uncomfortable, uh, make people laugh, make people feel good, make people feel bad, make them feel something. That's the idea. And I think he did that, even if you didn't laugh. Even if you hate him, even if you think he deserved to get slapped, if you watched it and you had strong feelings afterwards and you posted about it over and over again. And, you know, I know I found myself posting about it over and over because I like Chris Rock. I think he's one of the top five stand up comedians to ever pick up a microphone. Him, Eddie Red, Richard Pryor, Chappelle. Boom, there's your top five or your top or my top five. You, you know, you could shuffle guys around. You could say Kevin Hart you put Cat Williams in there. You could put Bernie Mac in there. You could put Cedric the Entertainer in there. Whoever is your top 5. You could put Martin in there. Um George Carlin in there. Whatever you want. You you dictate your top 5. That's mine. You know, Eddie Rich, Chris, um Dave. There they, that's mine. You could, you know, shuffle them around or whatever order you want. Um but That's going to do it for my talk on this subject here. Uh, I want to hear from you. What do you think? Did you think it was funny? Even if you didn't think it was funny, do you think there was some good social commentary in there um, that you're glad he started a conversation on? Or do you hate him more? Do you want him to get smacked again? Let me know how you feel at Mr. Rob Anthony on Twitter. Um, Thanks for listening. This has been The Wrap. The Breakdown of Selective Outrage. Chris rock's latest comedy special that is still available on netflix i probably spoiled most of it if you hadn't seen it so this was something that you were supposed to watch the special first and then listen to this even if you heard everything i said still watch it for yourself and let me know how you feel about it all right everybody until next time this has been the rap and i'm rob anthony